0: Go 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 the satellite reports evil minds at plot destruction sorcerer of death construction in the fields of bodies burning as the war machine keeps turning death and hatred to mankind poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World this week. Broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. Yes, I nearly forgot my name. And I'm hosting today's program. You can know the program is podcast. If nature calls, the neighbour wants a cup of sugar or a snort of coke, don't despair. And I'm talking about the coke you drink. Don't despair. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3CR.org.au. And if you're ever wondering what anarchy is all about, an anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making, power and its direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Simple, conservative concepts. Anarchos without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, you share wealth. You don't need a PhD. You don't need a doctorate of medicine. You don't need a high school education. You don't even need to go to primary school to understand that. Simple concept. Anakos without rulers. And if you look at today's news, every single issue we seem to face is because we put our faith in rulers. Because obviously, scum like you and me We're adulterated with original sin and we can't be trusted to govern ourselves. Because if we did, there'd be murder, rape, a bit bit less than today, I assume. All right, let's get on. First of all, big thank you. When you're involved in political and social movements, you can't do very much by yourself. You need people to go on that journey with you. And I'd like to thank all those people who helped in the Northcote by-election campaign in Victoria, in Melbourne. All those people who put leaflets in letterboxes. All those people who stood outside the pre-polling booths. All those people who were there on the 18th of November. Because without you, we wouldn't have been able to achieve the result which was achieved. And I'll talk about that in in a second. Because... What we're about is change, radical change. That's what we're about. We're about devolving power, sharing wealth. That's what this campaign was about. And those of you who are regular listeners to the program know that we've been conducting a defend and extend public housing campaign now for over twelve months. And you all know that the Liberal National Party in Victoria, the opposition, and the uh, the Alternative Liberal Party masquerading the Australian Labor Party have policies which will result in the destruction of the public housing sector. And we all know that after a little bit of uh, nudging and pushing, the Greens are beginning, the Australian Greens in Victoria, are beginning to take an interest in the public housing issues. And they're taking an interest for strategical reasons, as well as maybe ideological reasons. And our strategy was very simple. My participation in the Northcote by-election was based on the strategy of ensuring that the Green candidate was elected in a seat that had been held by the Australian Labor Party for over 94 years as the seat of Northcote. That was the strategy. And, the, and that strategy paid off last Saturday. It paid off. Lydia Thorpe was elected as the new uh, Greens member, Australian Greens member for the seat of Northcote. And it's interesting that when you looked at the political parties that were running in the election and a number of the independents, they all directed their preferences to the ALP, whereas the new Reason Party, the Animal Justice Party, the Liberal Democrats, all their preferences went to the ALP. If it wasn't for a number of independent candidates, including the former mayor of... uh, city of Darabin, Olivia Forpe would have had difficulty being elected as the Greens member. So the strategy works. So what's the strategy all about? The strategy is very simple. The Victorian LPS now majority has been reduced to one. It faces a state election in November next year. It knows that if it doesn't change its public housing policies and its housing affordability policies, that it runs a very good chance of losing up to five seats in the CBD. Northcote will continue to be held by the Greens. Paran will be held by the Greens. Melbourne will be held by the Greens. Richmond will go to the Greens and Brunswick will go to the Greens. There's a possibility of even seats like Preston going to the Greens if the Liberal Party shoots itself in the foot and doesn't stand any candidates in those electorate. And that would mean that after the next state election, the Victorian Greens would hold the balance of power. Now, I'm not a Greens member, you know that, and I find most of the Greens' policies gentrified rubbish. But having the balance of power and having a policy which supports public housing puts that issue is fair and central to any discussion about forming a coalition government or giving the ALP supply over the next four years after 2018. So this is the strategy. But in order for this strategy to continue, we can't just rely on the next election. We as activists need to continue this push. And I encourage you, I encourage you to go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page. And I encourage you to come to the rallies which we hold outside Parliament House every month. And I think the next rally, and I'll have to confirm this next week, is on uh, Wednesday the 13th of December which will be the last sitting day for the Victorian Parliament. Because if we don't continue to apply direct pressure on both the ALP and the Greens to modify their public housing policies, their public housing will disappear. And why am I concerned about public housing disappearing? I'll tell you why I'm concerned about public housing disappearing. Not just for the fact there will be increased homelessness. Not just for the fact that people will move from a secure type of tenancy to an insecure tenancy in the community in and uh, social housing sector. My greatest concern is if there isn't a strong public housing sector, there'll be an increased push on rents, property prices will continue to be made at unrealistic levels, and investors will continue to enjoy all their little gains. So a strong public housing sector means decreased rents, stabilising housing prices, and possibly a drop in housing prices. Prices at the entry level. So, public housing should, should, you know, affect everybody. Now, all those of you who are involved in the campaign, we're having a special dinner next Wednesday, which I think will be the 29th of November. That's right, the 29th of November. 6pm to 10pm at Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, which is at 20 Smith Street in Collingwood. That's not this Wednesday. Next Wednesday, the 29th. Special dinner for all those campaign workers who are involved in the uh, Northcote by-election campaign, you know, on my team, OK? <laughs> Toscano for Northcote team. If you, you know, if you work for the Greens, the Alternative Liberal Party... The Australian Democrats, the former Mayor, Mr Fontana, and all the rest of the mob, the animal you're not invited, all right? We're not gonna pay for your bloody food. Piss off. We're here. This dinner is a special dinner for those people involved in the campaign who gave their freely gave of their time. Who are boiled in the sun and were soaked in the rain. So Conju Ethiopian restaurant? 29th of November. Wednesday, 6pm to 10pm, you ain't got any money and you're a campaign worker, come along. Now, if you weren't a campaign worker and you want to come along, come along and pay for dinner for a campaign worker. Okay? Show your practical support. Not everybody could be on the streets, but at least those who were need to be uh, rewarded for their efforts. Now, if this has got you excited, don't forget. Get on board the public interest before corporate interest bandwagon because Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia is a creation of public interest before corporate interest. And we need new members. And we need new members so we can actually register public interest before corporate interest as a federal political party before the next election. We need another 200 people in the Australian electoral roll to become members. And if you want to become a member, come along, to the Konjo Ethiopian restaurant every Wednesday night, 6pm to 10pm, I'll be there. I've got membership forms. Join up. You can always ring us, 0439 395 489, and we'll send you out an application form. Haven't got a phone? You can write to us, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You've got one of those um, computer things? Well... You can always go to the PIPSI website, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website. Go down, go to, and download the application form. Info i n f o at pipsi p i b c i dot net. Nothing happens without people getting involved. Nothing happens. I'm sick and tired of the doomsayers, the naysayers, the gunner tribe. The somebody should do something about that tribe. The theoretical geniuses have got it all worked out in their head but wouldn't even know how to interact with a real human being on the streets. Sick of you, mob. Go away. What we're looking for in public interest before corporate interest are people who are willing to get their hands dirty, people who are willing to become active, people who are willing to get involved in a social movement to reverse the changes that have occurred as a direct consequence of the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, and globalisation revolution, which has swept past this country, swept over this country over the last uh, four decades, and you can click as many buttons as you like, you can write as many letters to politicians as you like, you can cry in your wheaties in the morning. You can woe be tired yourself, but if you want change, you need to become active. And that's what this program is about, the anarchist world this week. It's about encouraging you to become active. Anywhere in Australia, it doesn't matter where you are, Northern Territory, West Australia, Australian Capital Territory, Tasmania, South Australia, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, join public interest before corporate interest. We're looking for members across the country, and as you all know, this program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au and it's coming to you courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Community radio stations around the country are broadcasting the Anarchist World this week. If you are listening to the Anarchist World this week, you like what you hear, you th- you'd like you'd like to look at the application form, download it, info at pibci.net. P-I-B-C-I Ain't got a computer? Leave a message with an address on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Ain't got a phone? Write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. And we'll send you an application form. Now, public interest before corporate interest is about real, structural, fundamental changes. It is not issue-driven. I mean, for the last few years, everybody's been beating themselves senseless regarding marriage equality. The next month or two, despite people's uh, attempts to ensure that it's never legislated, when the marriage equality issue comes and goes, it really doesn't make much difference to most people. Issue-orientated politics is part of the gentrified revolution. It really has minimal impact on a lot of people. What we need is a political, social, ideological position which actually looks at the structural inequalities, that looks at why we have this increasing gap between the rich and the poor, that looks at why in the land of milk and honey so many people are dispossessed, why the Governor of the Reserve Bank says, and this is so ludicrous, says we need wages growth for the economy. Economy to Chuggle On. Ah well, we could talk about it later and I will. You listen to the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia the Community Radio Network. As you know, we're all, all always organizing things for you to attend. And I'd just like to remind you, it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, the hundred and sixty third anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion is almost upon us. So why don't you join the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Committee, which has been formed by the Anarchist Mirror Institute. Why don't you join us at 4am, that's right, 4am, Sunday the 3rd of December 2017, to mark the 163rd anniversary celebrations at the Eureka Stockade site, at the very site blood was spilt 163 years ago. To ensure the ideas which were encapsulated in the Eureka Oath Became a reality for men, women and children through the ages We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other And fight to defend our rights and liberties Come along to the dawn ceremony The dawn ceremony will be uh, streaming live on 3cr.org.au it usually takes about two hours. 6 a.m. We have a uh, breakfast at the Eureka Hall. Bring your own food or drinks. 9 a.m. We march, walk, crawl from Eureka Bar- Eureka Park to Bakery Hill to reaffirm the Eureka Oath. And from 9:30 to 10:30 a.m. We present six Eureka, Australia. Day Middles at Bakery Hill to people whose activities reflect the sentiments which are in the Eureka Road, people who have struggled for decades, people who have never been recognised for the efforts they've made to change society for the better. 11am up to the Ballarat Town Hall, a few Expletives, because you know, it's a very conservative council, though I tried to get, you know, have a little bit change at the last election. We failed miserably. Very conservative council. Never in the 163 year history of the Eureka celebrations has the Eureka flag been flown on the main flagpole of the Eureka Town Hall. Never. Not even during the 150th anniversary celebrations. Never. 11.30am we walk from the Town Hall to the old Ballarat Cemetery to pay our respects to many of those who died on that day 163 years ago and we encourage you to bring flowers. And then we walk back to the Ballarat Trades Hall at 24 Camp Street for a light lunch and uh, you can purchase drinks at bar price although last year the bar was open to all those people who took part in the celebrations. Then we walked to the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka to view the Eureka flag and talk about it, afternoon tea. And then, the big thing, the Eureka Annual Dinner. That's right. At the Queen's Head Hotel, 146 Humphrey Street, North Ballarat. You just buy your own food and drinks Entertainment from the West Pikeman community, and also the bard will be performing the Pikeman's Dog and uh, many more material. If you want a seat, book. Oh four three nine three nine five four eight. Unless if you want a guaranteed seat, you don't need to pay any money. Just ring up or email us at anarchistage at yahoo dot com to tell us how many places you want, and bingo, you got a seat. Because if the if the uh, Dining room fills out, and in many years it does fill up. Well, you'll have to stand up, lean at the bar. So, Eureka Dinner, 7pm to 10pm, Queen's Head Hotel, 146 Humphrey Street, North Ballarat. Great day. Wonderful day. Do it once in your life. And the great thing about it is the people of Ballarat won't be celebrating. They don't even know it's Eureka Day. Hardly anything happens in Ballarat to celebrate the city which has put that city on the map. I mean, they use the symbols. They love to use the flag for their businesses and for the city council. When it comes to paying some real respects, ain't going to occur on the day. So without your participation, it will not occur. I know there are people coming from Queensland, people from West Australia coming, so come along. We invite the whole of Australia to be there. Wouldn't it be nice to have 24 million people there? Well, I don't think it's going to happen. be good to have a few hundred. Think about it. Join us, 4am to 10pm, 13km walk. You don't have to do all the stations of Eureka. Go to one thing, two things, three things, do the whole thing. Join us. Sunday the 3rd of December 2017 to mark the 163rd anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion, a rebellion which still reverberates around this country. It ain't an official flag, boys and girls, Eureka flag. It ain't an official flag. Now, the great thing about commenting, having the opportunity to talk to you on the Anarchist Will this week via the Community Radio Network is sometimes... Some things happen in the world which are so sad, they're funny. Now, I noticed that our great leader, well, I don't know if he's leader now, you never know with Malcolm and with all the trouble he has with his own party. He's not considered to be one of the boys. Yeah, But our great leader said, all the way with the groper. The groper is the number one. And I'm just a bit concerned, you know. I mean, there's all these Hollywood stars being outed for sexual, you know, um, how shall I put it, exploitative behaviour. But all that talk about the groper has just disappeared, you know. I mean, if I sat here and I said, well, you know, I love groping women and this is how you do it and it was all on tape recorder, I don't think I'd be the President of the United States of America. Or maybe it's a reaction that people are slowly... Moving towards the Groper But let's not worry about that But there are some things which are just hilarious They're so sad They're hilarious And if you don't laugh, you cry Now, this week the big news was that For the first time in nine years North Korea has been designated a terrorist state By the United States of America Okay? I can hear you laugh I mean, the North Koreans aren't very pleasant. It's not a very pleasant government. I can imagine there'd be celebrations in, 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 throughout North Korea if Mr Jong, like Mr Mugabe, pissed off. But terrorist state, the world's greatest terrorist state, just, just a few facts and figures. Who was responsible for the invasion of Iraq? Who, was, who lied about the weapons of mass destruction? Who has been responsible for the, for the deaths of over a million people in that region over the last, you know, 20 years? Who is, as we speak, currently helping Saudi Arabia enforce a blockade of Yemen, which is leading to the deaths of at least 150 children a day? At least. While we do this one-hour programme, another 10 to 15 children will die of malnutrition. And that's a big word which means not enough food because of this blockade by Saudi Arabia, which is armed to the teeth by the United States of America. So when we talk about terrorist states, let's get our facts right. I mean, there's a few terrorist states out there, and I can assure you, that when it comes to the damage caused by North Korea and the damage caused by the United States of America, you just add it up and you'll see who's the real terrorist state or who is the biggest terrorist state. All right, usually I don't make too much commentary about international affairs because you and I know there's not much we can do about it. But sometimes you can link issues and it helps people to understand... Now for the past five years or is it four and a half years this country has been torturing three and a half thousand asylum seekers. Men and women who came to this country because they were seeking asylum. Okay? we have been wasting a billion dollars a year, over a billion dollars a year to keep them in Maru and Manus Island. You could keep them in the honeymoon suite in the Hilton for that price. I can tell you now, three and them. I'm sure the private hotels would love it. So what am I getting at? Now, we've seen the atrocities that are occurring in Myanmar. It's not just something that's just happened overnight. People think the Rohingya crisis is something. something. For decades, Rohingyas in Myanmar have been persecuted. They're stateless. They're not issued. They don't have access to identity cards. They have they have a, a system where people can't move from village to people, village. People are assaulted on a daily basis. Rape is a weapon which is used. And what we've seen over the last three months is over six hundred thousand people flee to Bangladesh, and about seventy percent are women and women and children. Among that 600,000 that are in Bangladesh, over 60,000 are pregnant women. And Bangladesh is a country about the size of Tasmania, which already has 160 million people. So did the Bangladeshi authorities set up gun emplacements and shoot people as they came across from Myanmar? No. This is one of the poorest countries in the world. They have allowed 600,000 people into their territory are attempting, with the assistance from some sections of the international community, to provide for basic necessities. So what do we do in this country? We have, you know, less than 3,000 people in Nauru and Manus Island and we continue to torture them. I can imagine that if 600,000 refugees turned up on our doorstep on the Australian doorstep tomorrow, in the next three months, we'd have... U-boats and machine gun emplacements to you know to you know kill people. I mean, it's the mentality we have, just extraordinary. When you think about, when you actually compare the two different situations, just extraordinary. It is an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in, where we can't even let people go to New Zealand. <laughs> Unbelievable. When another government has said, "Look, we're sick of this bullshit." We'll take 150 of the refugees. Oh, no, can't do that. They're our refugees. And then you say, oh, well, they're not our refugees because we've washed our hands of them. You know, it's a part of a problem and a root problem. Extraordinary. Think about it. Lebanon, four, th- four million people, one million refugees in Lebanon. Were they turned away at the border? Were they put in internment camps? Were they machine gunned? No. It really highlights the type of people we are. It is almost, well, it is sickening, not almost, it is sickening that we continue these policies despite the damage which is caused to individuals and families. It's just extraordinary, extraordinary. I could imagine, I could imagine that if 600 refugees turned up on West Australia or South Australia or the Eastern Seaboard over the next three months, I could imagine that the divided nation would be the, uh, would be the major party and would have a majority in both the upper and lower house, because that's the mentality. It is a mentality which has been created, drip fed, that we have. Just extraordinary. All I can say, and the thing is, I do go to barbecues and sometimes I eat meat and I talk to people and these policies are policies which a significant proportion of Australians continue to support. And if we look at our history with the introduction of the White Australia Policy in in 1901, you can actually see where it all comes from. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3Cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscana, hosting this, today's program. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3Cr.org.au. Now, I am sure you are all excited really excited by the new economy. I mean, they're just such intelligent, innovative, 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 intelligent, caring people involved in the new economy. And I'm sure you're all fans of Uber and you're out there hailing a little Uber car and eating your mints and drinking your cold water. And I'm sure you're all devotees of Airbnb. I understand that Melbourne is now one of the top 20 cities of the world for Airbnb. And I'm sure when Amazon turns up, you'll be there knocking on the door because the new economy is great, mate, isn't it? Well, I've been around a long time. And I'm proud to have been around a long time. It means I've survived. And I... This is Bullshit. This is not the new economy. This is the 18th century economy. This is the economy where there's no regulation. No regulation. They pay no tax. They don't follow any laws. And they get rewarded by actually being made legal. Just extraordinary. Extraordinary. It is extraordinary. This is not the new economy. This is the old economy. There's nothing smart about making people into individual contractors there's nothing smart about not paying them holiday pay or leave loading or penalty rates. There's nothing spa- smart about not paying for their workers' compensation. There's nothing smart, you know, them be earning six to eight dollars an hour. Nothing smart about in the new economy. It's just out and outright exploitation. And there's nothing smart when the organisations which uh, you know, uh, manage the new economy take their profits away to some other part of the world and pay no taxes in this country, provide no support whatsoever for the infrastructure in this country. This is not the old economy. This is the. This is not the new economy. This is the old economy. This is the old bullshit, you know. This is the old bullshit. No tax, no regulation. Do what you like. Drive down prices. Whoopy do! doo we're the king of the castle, aren't we wonderful, we can use a computer. How extraordinary, and what's even more extraordinary is how many people lap it up, love it, support it. Extraordinary. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the community radio network. <laughs> you don't have to go to a comedy festival. To laugh in this society, you just don't have to. It's just things are so hilarious. All you've got to do is listen to the news. As I said before, you know, North Korea, terrorist strike, the U.S. of A., saintly, godly, you know, protectors of freedom and liberty. You know, you can really get a, a laugh anywhere else. And look, one of the biggest laughs I, I've had, and I said I was going to talk about this, was the uh, the governor of the Reserve Bank. Now, I'm sure he's a nice chap. And he's doing the best he can for the country and the economy, you know, despite you know the parameters that he's got to work within, which have been set by the federal government. But isn't it extraordinary? There's only one person, apart from what's left of the trade union movements, which is actually calling for wages growth in our community. And that's the governor of the Reserve Bank. Because the governor of Reserve Bank is a very, 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 very smart and intelligent person, <laughs> he knows, and this is how smart he is. I mean, I, I'm dumb compared to him. I'm, you know, I'm the dunce. I'm the dunce in the corner with the cap on my head, like the old good old days. You know, he knows that if there's no wage growth, and there's increased housing and rental prices, and that there's increased energy costs. That what's left in the workers' pocket at the end of the week means they can't buy all those useless goodies which they need to buy to keep the economy turning. So low, low wage growth means no economic recovery because the economic recovery doesn't come from business. The economic recovery in a capitalist society comes from the consumer consuming And here is... I mean, we've got the federal government, the federal government refusing, when the Fair Work Commission had had its hearing regarding overtime payments for the most poorly paid workers in this country, refused to put in a submission to say, look, this this is not kosher. You can't cut their wages. While the federal government passes legislation year after year, which has basically sidelined the trade union movement, trade union, what's left of it, this little cul-de-sac where it's incapable of even defending itself. And the federal government passes legislation which allows people to come in this country to subvert the wage system and provide cheap, unregulated labour to industry and the hospitality industry and the education industry, and the health industry, cheap labour, which is not even paid the award rate. Over 70% of people working in hospitality today are not even paid the award rate. Can you imagine it? Just extraordinary. So if everything is structured in such a way has to force down wages, and if the organisations which have traditionally, collectively bargained for every individual, you know, can't function, what do you expect? Low wage growth. But I'm just an idiot. You know that. I'm just an idiot. These are the smart people. They know how to generate profits for corporate Australia. In 40 years... They've turned the table round. Forty years ago, for every dollar which was generated by, in profits by private industry, two-thirds went to the people who made that profit possible. Not the CEO and the board, but the workers who got their hands dirty. Today, for every dollar that's generated in profit, 66.6% goes to the industry and 33.3% goes to the workers who created that profit. And that's occurred because of cheap labour, removal of regulation, setting up a Fair Work Commission, which is about, you know, uh, destroying what's left of the trade union movement, the list goes on and on. And we say, "Yay! we can buy all this cheap shit from overseas, we are so lucky we are so lucky. We don't even have to wash our clothes anymore. We can throw them out. They're so cheap. Uh, what can you say? What can you say? But it gets better, all right? I'll give you another example. This, as I said, you don't have to go to a comedy festival. Don't waste your money going to a comedy festival. It's not as funny as what's happening in the real world out there. Not as funny. Hilarious. All right? I'll give you another example religion now let's not forget in the latest census 33% of australians said they did not believe in the fairies in heaven okay they had no religious belief nil zilch rien you know death is the end of life that's their what they think 33% of australians but now that Australians had the audacity to pass the uh, marriage equality uh, postal survey to support it. That we have this rearguard action amongst the more conservative elements of the National Liberal Party, elements which Turnbull should be slapping aside, but he hasn't got the courage, obviously, to slap aside, slap them aside, and now saying, "Hallelujah, brothers and sisters, glory be to God." We want religious protections. Now, I may be stupid, and I said, i okay, I'm happy to be called stupid. It you know, doesn't worry me. You get to an age where it doesn't matter what people call you. But I thought we lived in a secular society. Now, look, I read the Constitution every night. It's my bedtime reading. It's the best thing I know to make you go to sleep after two sections. It's so boring. But that's another question. I mean, we are a secular society. We do talk about freedom of religion, people having freedom of religion, but we don't talk about freedom of religious bigotry. This is what people are talking about now. Let's let's not forget. Religious organisations are pampered pets in Australian society. They don't pay taxes. They don't pay rates. They get the lion's share of government contracts. in a a lot of uh, fields of human endeavour. They get billions of dollars from the federal government to keep their religious institutions afloat and their religious-based hospitals afloat. Billions of dollars of taxpayer subsidies. And now, and even under the Victorian Equal Opportunities Commission, they have the freedom to be bigoted they don't have to follow the same rules everybody else follows because, follows because they're a religious based organisation. And now we're having this crap, this crap talked about, about legislating for religious bigotry so that they can actually shun people because of their sexual orientation. Extraordinary. If I said to people, I said, it is my conscientious objection that I do not, do not serve anybody. Who votes for a political party. oh, oh I'd be considered everything in the in the book. But when it comes to, you know, religious organisation talking about having exemptions to the new laws, the marriage the new marriage equality laws to be incorporated. Everybody says, Oh, that that that's that's okay, that's all right, you know, you know, Hindus and Muslims and Christians and Church of Scientologists and Califumpians, you know, all these churches, the Mormons, you name them. I could list them for the next 26 years, you know. Get all these exemptions because their fairy story is better than my fairy story. And my fairy story is there are no fairies. And their fairy story is that their fairies are painted a particular colour and somehow they should get an exemption from the laws of the land because they believe in that fairy. Come on. Give me a break! What do you think this is? Bush Week? Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Think about it. Just extraordinary. And we've got our beloved Prime Minister, poor old Mel. Well, see, you see, I I understand Malcolm. He's a nice bloke. Grandfather, father, rich man, counts in the Caribbean. I can understand that. Nothing wrong with that. I love him for it. Good luck to him. He's just following the laws of the land. Laws which are created to ensure the investment class continues to stick it up everybody else without their permission. You know, I love him, love him. But Malcolm, can you grow a bloody spine, please? Please? I'll, I'm, I'm happy to operate on you and put a, steel rods in your back so you can stand up straight and confront the scum, the garbage that masquerades of freedom fighters in the Liberal National Party. The IPA rejects that carry on about, you know, religious freedom, the freedom to discriminate, the freedom to be bigoted, the freedom to call people names, the freedom to humiliate people because of their racial origins or the language they speak. Give me a break, Malcolm. Stand up and slap them down. They haven't got a majority in the Liberal National Party. If you showed a bit of courage, maybe people would actually kind of respect you for it. But the way you are now, man, you really need to piss off. Let the uh, the conservatives and the reaction and the Liberal National Party take it over, so it can become a rump of its former self and disappear from the face of the earth and disappear up, up its own uh, up its own asshole. Just extraordinary, Malcolm. Come on. Or is the Liberal National Party like that? Have they been totally taken over by the IPA, the Institute of Private Affairs mob? Are they now just a shadow of their former self? Maybe Malcolm knows something we don't know. Maybe he knows he hasn't got the numbers. Maybe he knows that these reactionary, conservative, you know, elements within the Liberal National Party are now the Liberal National Party. And poor old Malcolm is just a figurehead who was pushed up there to win the last election because everybody knew that their policies meant that young Tony was unelectable. Hmm? Hmm? Wow, who am I to be so, you know, cynical? Well, I don't think I'm cynical, I think I'm just realistic. So, Malcolm, I'm giving you an offer, an offer you can't refuse. I'll do it for three. I'll put rods in your back. So you can stand up straight, look at the abbots of the world in the eye and tell them to piss off, you know, and join the new conservatives, whatever they are, the goat lovers. I've forgotten what their party is. Okay, you're listening to the Atticus World this week, broadcast across the Community Radio Network. Now, something a little bit more serious, very serious. Now, this is one overseas thing which I'm exceptionally interested in because i don't know many Australians realize that west papua is 75 kilometers from australia 75 kilometers that's not far apart from new guinea it's our nearest neighbor it is a province of indonesia and since it was taken over by indonesia after a flawed you know act of uh, you know so called referendum about 60 tribal chiefs were uh, hand picked to vote over a half a million West Papuans have died directly and indirectly because of Indonesian government's policies and military action. And that 60 years later, there is still people inside and outside West Papua which are agitating for independence, despite the fact that West Papuans are almost a minority in their own country in the last 40 years because of transmigration programs which gave away the west papuans lands to migrants from the rest of indonesia for nothing the population of west papua is now almost 50% transmigrants and their descendants and 50% west papuans so over the last few days we've seen some skirmishes on the outskirts of freeport which is the huge us owned mine which basically has been sitting on a mountain of gold for the last 40 years and, and mining that mountain of gold, despite the objections of you know local landowners. And we saw a little bit of a kerfuffle over the past few days, which has resulted in the deaths of a number of people. And many of these deaths look like summary executions because it's not unusual for a West Papua activist to find their families, to find their bodies riddled with bodies all over the place. Not an unusual end for an activist in West Papua in 2017, despite the so-called uh, softer policies of the current uh, President Widodo. So why am I talking about this? Well, look, I'm the convener of the West Papua and Rent Collective. The West Papua and Rent Collective was formed three and a half years ago for one very good reason, to pay the rent for a decent office in Docklands, in Melbourne... Which could be used by the West Papua community as a hub for their diplomatic activities, not just in Australia but around the world and the United Nations. And it's been quite successful. They've been able to push the idea of decolonisation and independence in the United Nations. Things are moving for the people of West Papua. And the office that the rent collective funds is pivotal to that struggle. And the Australian government can't close it down because it's not funded by the West Papon refugees, it's funded by us ordinary Australians. But we've got a problem. Three and a half years down the track, we are short of members. We are short of members of the rent collective. People die, people move on, people have different interests. We need twenty new members within the next two months. And membership of the Rent Collective is simple. You pay a dollar a day. You can pay monthly. You can pay yearly. A dollar a day into the Rent Collective bank book. Very simple. Every cent that goes into that bank book, and I check it every month, every cent goes towards paying the rent on the office. Every little cent. So, if you're a lapsed member of the Rent Collective, now's the time to rejoin. And I'm hoping to send out some invitations over the next five to six days. Because the West Park Rent Collective end-of-year party is on again on the 9th of December. That's Saturday the 9th of December, 1 to 4pm. Three lunch, great speakers. Come and try before you buy. Become a member of the Rent Collective. Now, where else in the world could you contribute a dollar a day towards the upkeep of an independence office which is making headways in the struggle for West Papua independence? Where else? Where else? Where else can you lose weight That's right. If you donate a dollar a day, what that means is, if you donate a dollar a day, what that means is that you don't buy all that takeaway shit you normally buy because you ain't got enough money to buy it. And the money goes into supporting the West Papua Independence Office. Great idea. Think about it. If you're interested, you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com And I'll send you the details of how to join It's very simple You can do it anonymously You just walk into a bank I'll list the bank I'll give you the details Put the money in You can do it anonymously Nobody needs to know that you're a West Papua Rent Collective supporter You can put your name on and say I'm happy to do it and I can stuff you So, as I said before we are, We've never been short 20 people and if this continues, we will have to think seriously of closing down the office in six months' time. That's how desperate the situation has become. So I'll tell you more about the end of year gathering, Christmas party uh, next week. But if you're interested in if you've if your membership has lapsed, rejoin. You know what to do. If you're interested in joining, give us leave a message on o four three nine three nine five four eight nine o four three nine Three nine five four eight nine. Okay? Give us a call. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano and I'll be hosting today's program. Don't forget, dinner tonight, Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, 20 Smith Street, Fitzroy. All welcome. If you're not a member of Pipsy, I'm going to give you an application form warning you beforehand Join us on the Anarchist. Join us tonight. Uh, Don't forget that you can be part of the West Park and Rent Collective. Don't forget that uh, you can come down to uh, the Eureka Celebrations in Ballarat on uh, Sunday the 3rd of December, 4am to 10pm. Lots of things to do. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can look at what's happening. Go to my personal Facebook page, or it's my political Facebook page, Toscano for the public, Toscano for the public. You can go to the PIPSI website, pipsy P-I-B-C-I dot net, public interest before corporate interest dot net. Download the application form, info at PIBCI dot net. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Yes, we still answer letters. And unlike most energy companies and corporations, we don't charge you for answering the letter. So Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052, please feel free to send stamps because we're going to have a big congress of public interest before corporate interests in the first son- Saturday in March. So join now, become part of the congress. Congress. Download the application form, info at pipsy.net. Thank you once again for listening to the anarchist world this week courtesy of all those wonderful people at the Community Radio Network. Without the Community Radio Network, you would not be able to hear the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. If you are listening to this program for the first time and you're kind of wandering around the streets of Australia and you want your local community radio station to broadcast the Anarchist World this week, knock on the manager's door and say... Do you broadcast the anarchist world this week? And if they say no, say, why not? If you're a member of the community radio network, you should be broadcasting the anarchist world this week. Thank you once again for listening to the anarchist world this week. This program, this podcast, go to 3cr.org.au, 3cr.org.au. This program and listen in next week to the anarchist world this week on your local community radio station. Minds at plot destruction Sorcerer of Death Construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.